You still collect vinyl or... Still on Baxter Street or... Seven nine eleven three fourteen seven six eight. Can you hear me, Test? Nine eleven three four six seven. Are we doing it? Are we doing this? What's up? This is Nuge. You're listening to Talking Schmidt. Yeah, we're going to talk some shit. Holy cannoli. It's cool. Like, tonight is the night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big dog's in. Do we really want to be here? Oh, everything's changed. We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. Talking Schmidt, dude. <laughs> You're going to come out different. Shit my pants, lad. Hey, Rolodex is fucking deep. Holy shit. It's about the one. The one. The one. Who is this guy? He thinks he's tough shit. What's up? Come on, Schmitty. What the fuck? Tell the skateboard police to come get me. What is happening? I'm here for Greg Smith. Yeah! Listen up good, kids, because we've been playing phone, text, tag, and all that shit. I've known this next guest for a long time, and we have gone on some trips. We fucking lost some bros, and we have definitely shredded together. Uh, When I started this podcast, he said, dude, I got you. Just make it to episode 172 and hit me up. And so today, for your listening pleasure... We got the nudes, baby. I can't believe it took this long, dude. That's my fault, dude. I'm fucking all over the place. You're opening burger shops and golfing. I I can't stop seeing you on the Instagram golf ad thing. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Sorry about that. I apologize. How many followers? Have you got a huge golf bump? Like, is Tiger Woods following you now or what? I'm maxed out on all my followers, I think. Every venue of... Follower spikes has already been used up, you know. When Thrasher puts you on Instagram and you don't get one follower, you're like, ooh. <laughs> it's, already, it's already been maxed out. Whoever's going to follow me from Thrasher is already, it's already been done or they already unfollowed me. Dude, how did, uh, how did you get to California? How did you go? You grew up in Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Uh, physically or. <laughs> Like, what was the mental set? Were you like, I got to go find Figgy and Frex and start a band? Were you like, yeah. I got to fucking get on the F troop and kick it with Corey Duffel? Yeah. Like, what? what when, I, when I moved here, I was 20. So Figgy would have been like three. So I knew I was going to be, I knew I was going to meet him when he was like, you know, 15 or 16. I just had that feeling. You know, there's a kid I got to meet out there. But uh, no, yeah, I moved here when I was 20. I like, you know, I was working at Best Buy in Oklahoma saving up some money and shit. And I thought I had like saved up a shit ton of money. It was like fucking 900 bucks. That shit was gone in three minutes when I got here. You know, first and last month's rent, things gone, yeah. you know? Right. And then fucking, yeah, I moved here with like a couple of friends from Oklahoma. And then they stayed here for like six months. We lived at, we moved to Huntington Beach right by the skate park and stuff like that. Right by the high school. And then, uh, what happened? Yeah, then they got jobs. I got jobs. I worked at Java Juice. <laughs> and uh, just, you know, live that skate life, wake up, go to work, get off work, skate all day, you know, that shit. And then 
after six months, they went back though. They went back to Oklahoma. They were like, they couldn't do it, you know? And then I was like, well, okay. they all left and then I'm going to live in my car for like a month or so. And then got that call from uh, Tamietto. So that was your, that was your first sponsor was Tamietto? Uh, I, I was like getting boards like Planet Earth when I was in Oklahoma and stuff. And then I got on like a skate shop, this skate shop called Hot Skates at Orange. And then started getting Tamietto uh-huh. stuff, like Toy Machine Flow. And then uh, one of the guys, I think, it was like a red, it was the Red Shoot Tour, I remember, the Tamietto trip, all AMs. And that's when I met like Jay Roy, Shimizu, Richie, you know, Austin Stevens, Jen Hertzler, fucking, you know, everybody, all the people that are on that trip. When I got back from the trip, they had started Hollywood, you know, so that's when I was like, okay, well, fuck, maybe I'll do that with these guys. It's like, they're my bros now. And then, yeah, mm. they moved into it. That was kind of when Hell Rose and all that started. Yeah, and then, or was that later? A little bit later, but like, uh, I got back from that trip, and then we all, they were all living in San Diego at the time, like uh, Richie and Jay Roy, they were all down in San Diego. I had my, I was still living in my car, kind of had like a little spot in Huntington. And then Markovich was like, yo, come stay with me if you need a place to crash, you know? You stay here as long as you want. So I stayed in this pool house. And then they kind of, we just kind of kicked it every day from then on. And then we ended up getting an apartment together. And then that was like the Hell Rose. The first Hell Rose was like me and Richie got an apartment. And then Jay Roy and James Atkin got an apartment downstairs. And DJ Chavez and then Paul where he was already there in the apartments and James Craig and like it's just all these different apartments in this one complex you know and that's how that name came about I mean you've done a lot of shit you've partied a lot with a lot of people but that period of time is pretty pretty fucking iconic right like, pretty, I mean shit, you were young and everybody's together is probably going nuts it was pretty nuts man like it was a good time for sure and like uh, you know it was crazy because like you know back then you could party and skate you know, no problem. Like, didn't, you know, hangovers weren't even a problem. They, they, like, help sometimes, you know? But, like, uh, yeah, can't do that shit now. But, like, yeah, it was, like, a, such, it was such a good time because, like, we all, like, we all lived together. All we did is skate. You know, we had, like, a better own company and shit. And, like, Markovich was down the street. And he was, like, very awesome, you know, like, as a as a brand owner, like, you know, the deal. And so, so like, me, Jay Roy, and Richie and James, and we all just, and we would just all skate every day, like party, eat, skate, party, eat, skate, just every single day for like years. And then when we finally moved from Fullerton to to uh, Hollywood, that was a whole another step because it was like we li- we moved into this house and they they were like, yeah, you can live here for exactly one year, and then we're gonna knock knock the building down. You know, and we're like, okay, fuck it, we'll do it. And then we all moved in. It was like a two story. There's a duplex, but two floors, three rooms on each floor. Like me, Jay Roy, and uh, Richie lived upstairs. DJ Ragdoll and Gareth lived downstairs. And that house was like insane. That was like the real, like we were like, fuck, we we're brand new to LA and shit, you know? And like, it was it was just crazy. And like, uh, good times as well. Skating and partying. <laughs> okay. Is that kind of like how did the whole Shogo Kubo Dogtown thing happen? Was that in LA you like met somebody or something, or did no, you just go a, audition, or how did it come up? It was weird because like I, I was still living in Fullerton, and uh, Chris Markovich at the time had an agent. This guy Sam, he kind of fucked everything up. But like uh, he was like, "Yo, they need a fucking dude to come try out for this fucking audition for this guy," and I was like, "What? I don't, I don't want to do that shit," you know, like definitely don't want to drive to LA right now, like, you know, 
don't have any gas and shit. Like, I don't uh-huh. want to go all the way and do this shit and, you know, whatever. But I fucking was like, he was like, just go do it. And I was like, fuck, all right, finally. Went and did it. And uh, they were like, okay, so, you know, read this line. I read one line. And they were like, so you skate, right? And I was like, yeah, I skate. And they're like, okay, cool. They're like, okay, you know what? Pretty much got the part, you know? And I was like, yeah, right, whatever. You know, and I was like, they're like, pretty sure. There's only like two other dudes that came in that were like Asians. And they had like short hair. You already have long hair. And you skate, you know? And I was like, okay. There's other two dudes that skate or something. And then they're like, you pretty much got the part. But we'll call you in like a couple weeks. I was like, all right, whatever the fuck. Went home, went on a trip, and on the trip, they called me, and they're like, yeah, uh, so you did get the part, and we need you to back, like, tomorrow. And I was like, well, I'm in fucking Arizona or something. And they're like, okay, well, they flew me back. I was like, crazy. Then I had to drive from Fullerton to L.A. every single fucking day, like, six in the morning, you know, five in the morning to be there by six. It was crazy. Whoa. How long was that production? That was, like, fucking four months. It was a long time. Yeah. Oh, damn. And so after we finished, you know, I had, I'd hurt my knee. I had knee surgery probably like uh, nine months before that all happened. So I spent nine months, you know, like six months just at home, not doing anything, you know, just doing rehab and stuff. And then like started the movie. And then for four months, I, I could only skate whatever they wanted me to skate the bowls. They, they were like, yo, please don't skate outside of this. If you get hurt outside of there, then you're fucked. And I was like, I can't skate anyway. But like, it was kind of a perfect transition into like pumping, getting my balance back on skateboard and just riding around and not doing, have, not having to do anything crazy, you know, just like carving and shit. And it was actually really perfect. Yeah. yeah it's was, it was really cool. What was the best thing about that whole process? Like, were you treated well? Like, did they get you hotels or catering or like, was there next level shit at any point? Or? <laughs> I mean, it was a f- full on huge production, like, you know, huge production. And like, I had my own trailer and shit. And like, uh, the, I mean, I guess the biggest perk was like just hanging out with all the dudes. It was like Heath Ledger was there. He was like the sickest human yeah. alive you know like he was the sickest dude ever like he would always like like you know this was like before weed was legal and stuff like so like he would have like this old ass couple deliver weed like they're like 80 year old people drive up in a mercedes suitcase come in his thing and, like <laughs> you know open a suitcase and be like weed and we'd be like what the fuck the weeds get delivered to you you know it was like so crazy yeah. at the time and then uh he would always just be like all right here you go fucking he'd get like a bunch of bags of weed just hand them to everybody, like me, Alf, and Griffin, and everybody. You know, we're all there. Like we are, we were already bros before that. But like you know, now we're just on some movie set, getting paid to just like kick it for like four months. And, you know, eat good, fucking do whatever. And it was great. You know, that was kind of. And we all had like our trailers, and like his trailer, like he led you. And I was like, he had, like he would, like put turf out, like lawn chairs, and just make it all sick and shit. You know, I'm having my own rap party at my house, so you know, bring whoever you want over. It's all good. I'm having a huge party. And I was like, I have a fucking I already, I like, I live with a shit ton of people. I'm like, he was like, yo, bring everybody, it doesn't matter. And we all went, like 12 of us went into his house and it was the craziest fucking house party of all time. Like fire breathers, fucking dancers over here, like a huge house and shit, you know? And then like, like five in the morning comes around, six in the morning. And I'm like, we're like, all right, we're gonna leave. And Sammy's like, I'm staying. <laughs> Baca's like, I'm gonna stay. And we're like, okay, fuck it. We left him. We went and went home, slept, whatever. It came back at like noon to pick him up. And he came out with like leather jacket on, no shirt. Heineken's like stuffed in the leather jacket. He's like 
dude, didn't sleep. It was fun. We just kicked and talked all night. <laughs> Heath was like that. He was like, yeah, every, uh, everybody is welcome. It's all good. You know, no worries. It was sick. Yeah. It seemed like from what I heard, he kind of had a lot of respect for skateboarding too. Like he was like, he understood yeah. that like he was, he surfed and shit or something. He right? surfed a lot. He could skate, dude. He could do hill flips and shit. I remember. Oh, damn. Yeah, like we would always like to skate around. Like, I mean, that dude, Emil Hirsch could actually skate too. He was like doing like hill flips and kick flips and stuff. Like some of them skated, some of them didn't at all. Like the guy that played Tony Alva didn't skate one bit. The guy that played Stacy Peralta didn't skate one bit, but they fucking learned by the end of the movie, they learned how to like carve around and shit, you know? Like over the light and shit, which is fucking huh. early, you know? Did that change your life at all? Like after it came out, like what did you feel like the fucking Dogtown bump or anything <laughs> before social media? <laughs> uh, not really. I mean, it was it was really fun. I'm stoked I got to do it. You know, it was like it was like it was actually like really 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 fun. And I'm glad it wasn't like a fucking like cheesy shitty movie. It was kind of actually a decent movie. You know, I liked it. I've watched it a couple of times. But like, um, and a lot, a lot of people that that recognize me from it, like, dude, that movie was fucking really sick. You know, like and fucking really awesome shit. And I was like, no way. You know, like, yeah. One of the early things I remember from uh, kind of seeing you in person for the first time was the fucking zero King of the Road finale with the the barrel oh, jump, yeah. and and it was like you versus maybe yeah. Slash. Like I think you got you were there was like three or four people making it. People were getting cut, 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 and then it was just down and fucking out through the door. Like that that show was like seriously sick like that was I, I forgot all about it but that was one of the funnest things i've ever done it was so fun it was like push 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 roll in and then push 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 and then jump fucking like eight i don't know how many barrels 10 barrels maybe more dude i think it was like yeah it was i think 12 or 13 i want dude, to say slash it was me and slash. It, it was gnarly like at first we're like yeah six or seven and then it just kept going we're like no way that was fucking awesome slash one though that fucker it's good to see him back on the Instagram and stuff. Yeah, man, he's doing good. Have you kicked it with him? Yeah, yeah, a lot. He's just cruising around, like, cool. you know. I love that, dude. Yeah, he's the best. Give me one second, sorry. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden, and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. Head on over to your local shop and ask for Blood Wizard. If they're out, then you can tickety-tack on down to bloodwizard.com where you have all of your conjuring needs. Sorry, I got the fucking worst allergies. Oh, dude, I've been getting those too. It's been like crazy down here. It went from like 100 degrees to like almost rain. Yeah, it started raining a few days here too, but now it's like nice outside. So I put out a couple feelers on the Instagram and I got fucking Don Breeze, old Raven's mom, sent in. She wants to hear some of your highlights or favorite stories about the Vietnam trip. I, I only ate pho the entire time when I was in Oklahoma. <laughs> like I woke up, pho, really? pho, 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 pho. I was there for like, we were there for like three or four days and um, yeah, it was fucking epic. It was so fucking hot though. And I was still just eating smashing bowls of pho on the outside, just like, fuck it. I've never been to Vietnam before, you know, and like, I've, there's been like opportunities to go and like it, it always got, it always got like, whatever, cut, you know? But this last, this time, Phelps was like, yo, where should we go? We're already going to fuck, we're going to like, uh, we, we, we're going to Bali. We want to go to Bali, we want to go to Thailand. I was like, fuck, Vietnam's right there. And he was like, all right, we're going to Vietnam, making it happen. And I was like, no way, you know? 
and then it fucking happened, you know? And then that was so rad. Like, fucking, I can't believe it. What do you think the first, like, bonding experience between you and Jake was? Like, how did you kind of become part of his package? Like, you guys would travel a lot. I mean, the band was obviously a huge part of that, but you've known him for a long time. Like, when did you kind of meet him and, like, kind of have a connection with him? The first time, I mean, I've met him, I've just seen him around. Never, like, really, you know got to like talk one-on-one with him ever. But like one time I was running for Hollywood and uh, Markovich was like, yo, Phelps just called. He wants you to fucking send it down this double set in the alleyway. Cause he's like, you know, I, I think I just ollied on tour <clears throat> kind of recently, like, I don't know, you know? And he was like, will your guy jump it? You know? <laughs> like, and then he called me and then Chris gave him my number and he was like, you know, he was like, Hey, I got this double set covers. If you make it, it's the Ernie Torres one, right? Yeah, he's like, are you down? And I was like, fuck yeah. You know, send me out there. And then fucking two days later, I was going to SF. And then him and uh, Luke Ogden was shooting it, I think. And then it was like, Luke, me, Chris, Charlie Thomas, and then Phelps were just there, like fucking early as fuck. And just like, I was like, okay, well, let's send it. But I was jumping it off the fucking jump ramps. Like, like, as I thought that's how he wanted it to be done, you know, like, like it was like, you know, him revving it up at like fucking 10 in the morning. Oh, it was fucking rad. Now, I think that was the first time, you know, ever really hanging out with him and especially in SF too. And then like after that, you know, every now and again, I'd see him around and then, you know, and then slowly, you know, just through going to SF and him coming here. Was that the same one that Ernie kickflipped? Ernie Ollie did. Or Ernie Ollie did. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, because I, yeah, I didn't make the Ollie, and then Ernie, other Oklahoma, fucking took me out. Bigger. Shout out. <laughs> was that nerve wracking, or were you more in the like, fuck, I like just adrenaline rush? I used to fucking love jumping stuff. So it didn't, I was just like, fuck, let's go. You know, and I was like, if this is going to give me a cover, let's get it. You know, I was like, whatever it takes, you know? <laughs> so that was right after El Toro. Yeah, it was right after, it was like a year or two or something right after El Toro. And he was like, when we got there, he was like, what do you think? And I was like, let's go. I, I don't know. It's just so funny. I was like, I, I guess I'm going to jump it. You know, it's like, it's like evil can evil. Like, it's like, you can't turn back. You know, like, there's a fucking, like, you got to do it. You got to at least try, you know. He did the same thing to, to Jaws. Which, uh, oh, which one? Which We went to this one stair set that's kind of by where the Warriors play is, like, newer and, uh, he was looking at it and he's like, who can do this? He's like, Jaws. And he calls Jaws. He's like, hey, next time you're in SF, I got the stairs for you. And then me and Jaws went there. And Jaws is like, dude, I need like a, a bungee cord for this thing. <laughs> like, it's not only tall, but it was kind of far. He's like, no way, dude. <laughs> I love that he I can like, only imagine Jake driving around this city, looking at spots going like, who could do that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that was his shit, dude. That's what's great about. It. What was your first skate rock trip? Australia. <laughs> oh shit! With with uh, oh, yeah, LS Demons. It was like funny because I don't know why. Oh, it was a maybe a Westgate party here before that. Yeah, and then bowling alley. Bowling alley, right? Yeah. See, okay, so I'm right. Okay, so bowling alley party. Phelps comes up. He's like, skate rocks in two days. You got a band, and I was like. Uh, I jammed with that guy and this guy and that guy and he's like get it together you got 48 hours if you're down to go you're going and I was like I'm fucking down but like you know we were just jamming like around like we were like playing songs and shit you know 
So then two days, for the next two days, we're like, all right, this is one song. This is two, you know, and then we like, you know, and then it was like, we just threw a band together. It was originally going to be called 48 Hours because that's all we, that's how, that's how we started it. <laughs> 48 hours before. Yeah. But we ended up <laughs> LS Demons and then Dustin got involved and then we just all went because we were going to Australia. And he, it was like, literally like three days after that party, we were in Australia playing a show for the first time. Yeah, I remember because I was with him at the uh, bowling alley and and he was like, Dustin, you got this. Like, you got, like, Dustin was kind of the tour guide on that one. Yeah, yeah. And then we were like, we, we know, we practiced for fucking two days and then, you know, we came up with the name LS Demons and then we, and then he picked us up from the airport, Dustin, and he's like, picks us up and he like shows us all this accent. He's like, little calls LS Demons for not the night. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> this is fucking joking, man. Like, that trip, that trip was insane. By the way, it was insane. What was like one of the most insane parts? Uh, hanging out with Lee Ralph was just a big up. You know, like that was, was fucking dope. We camped. Lee, I don't think we yeah. stayed in a hotel once. We just camped, played show, camp, skated, played a show, camp, skated, played a show. Like every night, partied, fucking. You know, it was insane. More, more, more. We got to talk about this other skate rock trip where I was on because we went to Chicago to the seawall and we missed getting to the uh, indoor skate park in time. But the Shanghai Surprise took somebody out and TMZ showed up. Like, oh, yeah. What happened to that? We, we got there after the whole thing went down. <laughs> oh, man, that was funny. I mean, that trip was sick, too. That was a fucking psycho trip. I mean, they're all fucking gnarly, but like. That one was really fun. That one was insane, like Herman's Hole and all that. That was, was my first one fun. that was, you know, in the States. So that was cool for me because I was like, damn, we're everywhere else we've been fucking like China, Thailand, fucking Australia, you know, like South Africa. But I mean, that was afterwards. But like that was the first U.S. one where it was like we're just terrorizing our own fucking place. <laughs> yeah. And, and we know what can go wrong. We know what the fucking, you know, what the consequences <laughs> are here. You know what I mean? Like. Over there, it's like a free world. It's like you do whatever you want, and, you know, you're idiots. But here, you're like, right. you know what you can get away with and what you shouldn't be doing. But we got away with a lot of shit. Timo was just taking out the lights. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, after that, because I've only kicked with Timo a few times before that as well. Like, I mean, you know, a handful, 10 times or something before that. But that trip really bonded us. And now, like, now I get a FaceTime from him, like, every once a week, once a month, you know. Because he was like, right. he came from that, he was like, after that situation at that skate park you're talking about, like, he was like, Nuge, I knew I liked you, but now I really like you. It well, was what happened at that skate park? You and Figgy got into it with some locals somehow, or what happened? Yeah, fucking to play a show, because we were playing a show there, and like, uh, there was some dude, some DJ that was playing just like some, you know, it's a fucking supposed to be like a rock show, you know, this guy's playing like, kind of ravey music, you know, which is fine, but just is the wrong place kind of type thing, you know, and Phelps comes up there and he's like, get the fuck out of here, <laughs> just change the music or something, you know, and the guy was like, fuck you, old man, you know, and like, whatever, and then comes down and, and the guy's done DJing and we're setting up, I'm like setting up my bass shit and figures setting up guitar shit, Frex is over there doing his drums, and I see the guy coming to Phelps and like, is just like harassing Phelps. Like, why the fuck are you or whatever? And the, the Phelps is like, yeah, fuck you, get the fuck away from me. You know, just how Phelps is. And the guy's like, 
now the guy has a board. He's like, you know, talking to Phelps like this, you know, like with his board up and shit. And I'm just sitting here like, hey, man, just calm down. Just, he's fucking, don't worry about him. Just, just leave him alone and get away, you know? And I'm still have my, my fucking big ass amp. I'm like, just leave him alone, all right? And he's like, okay, fuck it. And I'm like, okay, back to normal, back to set my shit up. And then the shit goes on again. And I'm like, all right, dude. And then now he's like holding his board up like this to Phelps. I'm like, all right. Put my shit down and I walk over there and the guy's like, and I'm like, yo, chill. And he like pushes me and I'm like, all right, well, let's dance, you know, like let's go. And then he threw his board down and I was like, oh, he really wants to fight, you know? <laughs> I was like, all right. And then we just fought. And then the guy, his friend, I guess, was pulling out a knife at the, at the moment while I'm fighting the guy, pulling out a knife and Figgy sees it. So Figgy runs up and just fucking, you know, lays him out like carpet. It was funny. Hey, the first, the first time we kind of bonded with Figgy was the earlier skate rock. We were at the end of the trip in New York City, like celebrating in the bar. And somehow I think Figgy bought a round of drinks and he was bringing them to me and Jake. And like, we're just having a blast. And he, he dropped like he had a big tray and, and one of them fell. And then the dude just starts giving Figgy shit like you broke glass on purpose. He's like, dude, I. No, it wasn't like that, whatever. And then the guy starts fucking with Figgy and he has like a bunch of friends. If Figgy just goes one, two, three, like took out three, maybe four dudes, just like boom, boom, boom. And Jake looks out, he's like, you're in. <laughs> like, we're like, damn, it was so insane. And then we were just partying the rest because it was our last night and we were in New York. So it was just like, yeah, it was fucking insane. Like so yeah. much insane shit, like uh, Pat Lana jumping on the table in the middle of the karaoke bar, like just like <laughs> anything goes. Herman's Holloway, Andy Roy, like there's so many highlights. I've seen, I've seen Pat do some shit like, like you only see in movies. Like you won't even see this in a movie, maybe. Like you know, like you could even write this. Someone throws a bottle, hits Phelps, and then it's just on. Like people are fighting on there, and me and me, Pat Lana, and I forget who else, who else were up second story the, the mezzanine you know we're like on the mezzanine right above the stage like the guitar players underneath us you know it goes that way we're just i'm just sitting there watching the show from here like yeah okay and then the fight breaks time we're like, we're like oh shit maybe we should get down there and then fucking pat just jumps off the rail second story onto the guitar player's <laughs> neck you know like guys like standing up Drops the dude and then lands on his feet, turns around and like socks the fucking another dude. It was like it was like a straight movie. And I was like, he's standing next to me, or he's standing next to me and he does this. And I'm like, <laughs> I run down, I take the stairs like a I guess like an idiot. And then I should have just jumped off that, I guess. But it was so insane. Like you jumped off the second story and landed on a human and then landed on your feet like a fucking cat. Cat Lana. Was was that in China? That was in China. And then we got kicked out of China. Was that one of the that was the one where Figgy got stitches, right? Yeah. Was that one? I know you've told the story a million times about the slow and low in Africa and the <laughs> the the but the breaks going yeah. out and like I mean I know that that was probably the scariest moment for sure. But like, was the China one like people wise maybe the scariest? Like as far as like altercation? Uh, just that one. I mean, just that one night was fucking insane. It was like, you know, us, us against like 20 or more right. China dudes. It was fucking insane. 
Did it always seem like it was the first night or first day of every trip that like the craziest shit? Like, remember uh, in Atlanta, the first day we got there, Jake got knocked out and his head started bleeding. It was like the first night and Waters had to take him to the emergency room. Like every it every trip it seemed like the first night was like it set this like ah and then it was like all right it's on like it was yeah, like it, it you, you never like sure. slowly acclimated <laughs> sets the tone for the whole trip i guess but yeah who are some of your influences like um music wise like were you into skate rock like jfa and early shit like faction and that kind of stuff or like agent orange Faction too, like Agent Orange. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I my first tape was like a Black Flag and Circle Jerks tape and Dead Milkman back in the day. Like my brother, because my, I started skating in like eighty six or eighty seven, like that. I was probably like six or seven years old, some of that. And like Black Flag uh-huh. was like, I remember having a Black Flag tape and a Circle Jerks tape, and it was just like, this is the shit, you know. Just through skate videos and stuff, learned a lot about music, you know. Yeah, like skate skating, skate videos always had like the best music, and that's where I learned a lot of it. You know, a lot of the underground shit that you wouldn't. Yeah, hear I feel the same way. I always say this, but like, I'm, I don't know, I'm. It's my guilty pleasure. I, I'd call it is Mark Appleyard, one of the best skaters of all time, skating to placebo. I would placebo, never yeah. have liked placebo, but now I'm going to see placebo because it's <laughs> so in my head. I like. I literally just put that song on my playlist the other day. Like, I was like, man, because of apples. You know, but it, he made the song. Yeah, it, he made the exactly. song good, and the song is good anyway. But it, just the two of them together, like, made sense. You know, like. Sucker love is heaven sent you. Pucker up our passion spent. My heart's its hearts. Your body's rent. My body's broken. Yours is bent. Carve your name into my arm instead of stressed. I lie here charmed. Yeah, let's going through. Do you have one like that that's for somebody else? Because I was going through my my memory bank and Cairo Foster and the reason to build this bill is like really for some reason that one all is kind of like the Apple Yard one. And then early alien videos like getting into Dinosaur Jr. That was like pretty yeah, dinosaur huge for me awesome. too. Like um Mark uh Mark Johnson's song uh, Q Lazarus. Um Goodbye Horses. I would never like, oh, yeah. I mean, just from the other, from the movies in the movie, I know that, but it, that, that was fine. But like, it never really hit until that was in that video. And I was like, damn. There's a lot of those though. Like I don't know. There's a bunch of them. Like fucking a lot of Bowie songs. I don't know. I don't know. I love music and I love all types. Like fucking punk, country, hip hop, a lot of rap, a lot of rock. You know, obviously, but like I like all music. Yeah, you got to keep it eclectic, or you get burned yeah, out, right? For sure. And I like I like and I like sharing music. You know, like people who are like, hey, have you heard this? I'm like, nope hear it and it's like and i'm like and i kind of you know do the same thing for other people it's like that's how the shit goes you know it's like you know awesome 
Yeah, it's like a bonding experience too. Like Baca showed us like his Vegas hip hop dudes. And then every time I hear it, I'm thinking of Baca as well as enjoying the thing. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's the shit. What's your favorite shit from Deathmatch? Those were some fucking kick-ass times, like meeting Cadaver and like fear and hanging with Gibson and Johnson and Crum and the Texas dudes. Like Remember when you, remember, I think it was you, you asked uh, Frex to like uh, interview. Uh, <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. Uh, Willie D from the uh, Ghetto Boys. And he was like, that was funny. He was, he was all nervous and shit. And I, I forgot what he said. He like offered him a joint. He was like, yeah, you want to smoke? He goes, I only smoke fools. <laughs> Dude, that was seriously highlight for sure forever because the night before, Sipnewski's like, I'm going to introduce you guys to Willie D. And me and Baca went way across town with Dave and stayed up till like four in the morning waiting for Willie D and he never showed up. <laughs> and we're like, fucking Dave, smoke, blowing smoke, like, God damn it, whatever. I mean, it wasn't the end of the world, but we were just like, God damn it. We were so hyped because huge Ghetto Boy fans. The next day, Dave's like, I got, I, I get a mulligan. He's like, not only am I got Willie D here, but I'm bringing Bushwick Bill. And we're like, yeah, right. Me and Baca are like, dude, fuck off. Like, whatever. All of a sudden, they show up and they're in the trailer. And I'm like, okay, watch this. So I go grab Sean Stewart, a.k.a. Frex. I was like, Frex, you got to come in the trailer real quick with me. Like, uh, I got to show you something. He's like, huh? I don't even tell him anything. We just walk in and boom, there's Willie D and Bushwick Bill. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. I, was, I was standing right there when that when it all went down. Like we were just we were all just right there. Like and I remember I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Bushwick's in there. Yeah. I know. We went to sushi with Willie D afterwards for dinner. It was insane. I was like, we're at sushi with Willie D. Look at this, dude. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this book got yeah. shot in the eye and it's just posing for the album cover. <laughs> for the album like, cover, that's yeah. That's hard as fuck. Dude. Uh, tell me a little bit about like how important or like what you thought about your Thrasher cover. Like when that came out, I'm guessing you didn't go there to get the cover. It was more of like you did this and then it came out as the cover, right? Yeah, dude, I was fucking heavy. That was my first cover of anything. And uh, huh. I was fucking psyched, man. I mean, obviously I was psyched, but I was like, besides myself, I was just like, fucking holy shit. Like, you know, like, if if anything, I could, sh like, my mom, you know, my family, they, they know I skate and shit, and they know they used to subscribe to Thrasher for me. I can, like, mom and used to subscribe to. Look at that shit. Like, you know, like... I'm on the goddamn thing, you know, like, I've already been in it, if you, like, I'm in it, but, like, let's go, mom, I'm on the fucking the front, you know, and she was, like, psyched, yeah, she right. was, like, very, if, you know, my mom knows I skate, and, like, she knows what I do and stuff, but, like, that's, like, that's a huge deal for me, and, she, and she, I think that's, like a, like, a mark that she can be, like, oh, shit, <laughs> He did the thing, you know what I mean, or whatever, you know. Like, this is what his dream was, yeah, and yeah. it came true. Yeah, a little validation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to get. That's the word I was trying. To, just not like validation, but just like you know, like oh, he's like doing it, really, like really doing it. Not like just like I'm um, skating around, fucking, you know, yeah. fucking off, but like you know, 
it kind of just like made it more like, I don't know, easy for me to be like, yo, mom, okay, you don't know what I'm doing, but look at this, you know, like, here it is. And she's like, oh, okay, I get it, you know? Uh, you got a favorite cranny trip you went on, OJ? Every trip that he's been on has been better. I guess he was on it. Like, I think, I would say, I would say, the, uh, I think the last time we went on was Columbia, and that was, it was an OJ trip, Columbia trip, and Frex, Figgy, Booyah, Shout out. Milton. It was fucking epic. I mean, it was fucking nothing but good times forever, but like, you know, he's the best, man. I'm glad he's doing how good he's doing. I have two eighth grade diplomas. Yeah, I know. I talk to him regularly and he gets a little frustrated sometime. And I'm like, dude, you're from my perspective, you're doing really good. Man. Yeah. I'm just happy that bit. you're able to talk to me, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That shit was scary, dude. That was like a month of being a month long nap, you know, like and I was like, dude, I I've always I would kept my positivity up and I've always like I was always like, you know, it's gonna be good, it's gonna be good, it's gonna be good. Talking to Christy and shit and like Everybody, yeah. it's going to be good. But fuck, dude, it was good. It came out fucking awesome. I'm like fucking so psyched that he's himself. You know what I mean? Like the energy from all the bros, for sure. PMA is everything. <laughs> yeah, We made it. That was scary, too, because it was I think it was like one week after Hammocky's uh, memorial. Like it was really close to after that. Yeah. And so it was just like and like with the pandemic and everything weird. Like, I remember, like, Christy and his parents couldn't even go into the hospital yeah. to see him because yeah. of the co- whatever. It was just like, ah. everything was stuck in. Dude, stress. I remember just <laughs> yeah. every, I remember one day, you know, like, like I don't, I don't know how long into the coma it was, but I just called his phone one day because I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to call him. I don't know. I, I, I wasn't expecting anyone to answer. I don't know why I even called him, you know, but I was like, I'm just going to call his phone. And his mom answered, and I was like, what? Someone, someone said, it's like, hello? And I was like, hello? What, what the, who, who's this? And she's like, it's, oh, it's Granny's mom. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I was just, I don't know why I was even calling. I don't know. I was just, I, just had, I didn't have nothing to say. I was like, didn't expect anybody to pick up. But I was like, yo, fucking, I'm here in L.A. If you fucking need anything, fucking let me know. I'll bring fucking food, whatever. I know you're just, I don't know, in the car waiting around. I don't know, but like, if you need anything. And I, then I would just keep calling back because I knew she would answer. And I was like, just talk to his mom every now and again, you know? But I don't know, that first time someone answered, I was like, uh, <laughs> what? I didn't, I was just, call, I don't even know why I was calling. I was, I don't, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but she answered. It was awesome. You yeah, know? she was, we really got to know each other a lot better through all that. And she killed it. She was so strong and like, she yeah. was stronger than me. And it's her son. I'm just like, damn. Yeah, yeah. Tough one. Um what about Baker? Like, is that pretty much home forever? Like, that's family, right? That's family. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's family. Reynolds is, you know, Andrew's always like, you're good. You know, don't worry about nothing. I mean, when I started working at Supreme, like, it was kind of like a weird spot for me because I was like, you know, I was still doing the thing. But then Tino was like, yo, I'm moving to SF to open the store, the Supreme and SF. But my spots needs to be filled. I know your situation and uh, you should probably just do it, you know? And I was like, fuck, all right. How's Andrew going to feel about this and shit, you know? And he was like, yo, this is awesome. This is a good look for us. It's a good look for you. Fucking, you already have a home here forever. You'll always have a board, you know? And I was kind of like stressing for like, you know, two weeks. It's like, not stressing, just like, 
fuck, how's this gonna look? How's it gonna feel? And you know, he find you know, not that he finds out, but I'm gonna tell him. But like, it's just like it was kind of a weird transition. But then when he told me all this shit, I was like, right. ugh. I was like, hell yeah, you know, like, cool. <laughs> now I can just do my thing and still skate and have you know, I love skating. I'll never stop. But you know, it's just like it's just like a little pressure off. And then he was stoked, and you know, like and he likes the freak stuff, so that's good. And he they carry Baker shit, so that's good. So it's like you know. I don't know. It was like a perfect fucking situation again. <laughs> Do you guys have company uh, parties or meetings or anything where like everybody gets together, like the gut and Welsh will fly up or New York, every, all the bond together or the Supreme or Baker Supreme. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they usually have a Christmas party and then yeah, Christmas party, but I don't know. It's just, it's like Christmas party, but it'll just be like, yeah, Christmas party. Everybody shows up. Like people from New York, people from all over will show up. Like you know, people from the New York stores. But same with Baker, though. Baker has a Christmas party every year too, and it's like you know, <laughs> all of us show up, and we're just we go to the bowling alley and just bowl every year, <laughs> which is tight. Right. What's your take on the hill bomb situation? Which hill bomb situation? Your your famous hill bomb where the 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 bus got stuck <laughs> on the top. That was like a the same situation I was talking about earlier. You know how Jake would be like. Who can all this to the stairs? Neck was like, yo, we're at a skin art show, photo show, and Burnett and Neck was there. There's a bunch of people there. And Neck was like, Neck double played us, you know, like played us, played both of us, me and Burnett. Because he came to me, he was like, hey, Burnett said he'll give you, he'll give you the cover if you bomb uh, this this hill. <laughs> and then he went into Phelps and was like, hey, news said don't bomb this hill. <laughs> you know, like just like played both of us. And Burnett was like, okay, well, I'm here tomorrow, so let's go do it. So then, Nick, first of all, Nick was like, I bet you won't bomb this hill. And I was like, all right, well, what what hill, you know? And he said it, and he was like, but Burnett said he'd give you the cover if he did it. And he just fucking lied to me. And then I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> so I called him on his bluff, and then we went the next morning, and we, you know, I don't know. Did you know the hill before you went there? I, did you know what he was talking about? Yeah, because he was talking about this other hill, though, this, this hill called Eldridge. It's steeper, but it's way more fucked up, but so we went to that hill first, right? That's the hill that Neck was on about. So we went there, and I'd already looked at it before, but it was like so fucked up. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, we got there. I was like, I already know this hill is fucked up. It's like, shit, you can't even bomb it. There's like manholes, and like, it's not doable right now. You'd have to like fix it up. And then Burnett was like, oh, I thought you were talking about this other hill, Baxter, which is, this, you know, because he already knew about the street because he's just a historic, you know, he does all the history about shit, you know? And he was like, I thought you were talking about this street. Let's go look at this street, Baxter. You know, and I was like, okay. And then we got to Baxter. And I was like, oh, this is doable because the street is skatable, you know? Like, And he was like, really? Okay, let me get ready. And then went up there and got, got set up. And, we, and then I, you know, did it halfway and then halfway a couple of times. And then it was like, okay, going in. And it was just like, that was it. And like, but yeah, it all started because Nick fucking dared me to fucking bomb that hill. <laughs> <laughs> fucking neck <laughs> it was, I was just to say it's like the same thing and how like you know Jake would find spots for somebody and like ask them to do it and then it's like you know that's just that's just, a lot of skating happens like that you know like fucking since I was a kid you know you find a dude like, like switch flip mm. like, you can switch flip into this you know like you know that's just skating it's tight are you still playing music? Um, I haven't in a while like both bands kind of just like separated and you know Frex is in New York now Biggie lives in Texas. Fucking Josh is 
has his own thing going on from the shrine and he has his own stolen nova project going everybody kind of just like you mm. know but i have fucking no time but i fucking every time i go to a show like it's, to watch a show i'm like fuck. i get the itch i'm like oh, i want to be fucking playing music every single time like not one show goes by where i'm just like oh, i want to play then i just fucking make up a band right. then i make up a band in my head with my friends and then we never get to jam and then <laughs> But I still got all my shit. R- Riley's been killing it. Yeah, Warish. Yeah, but everybody lives so far. Like I don't know. Like uh, Oside's fucking far. Has there been any talk about like uh, doing one last skate rock trip or something like a tribute to Jake or anything like that with the original dudes or anything? There was this talk because before when Jake was still here, he wanted to do a fucking skate rock RTW around the world where we fly from, like, we go to yeah. Tokyo, London, whatever the fuck, and just go in a circle around the world and hit in planes. Like, you know, instead of driving this time, it's like, okay, London one night, Tokyo the next night, Paris, and then just go around. And we have this group text called RTW with, like, everybody that was on the shit, you know, it was, like, you know, Grant and everybody, and, like, um, it was revved up for a while afterwards, and I think we just, were just, like, don't know how to put it together. <laughs> Everybody's down, but if if like yeah. if someone was like, okay, here's the fucking, here's the money, or you know what I mean, like I don't know, yeah. like here's the shows, like how you know, like I don't think we have the capacity, like us, like I don't know, we can put put it on gut, you know, we can't be like, yo, gut, plan this, you know, like <laughs> get it, buy our flights and buy our bigger hotels and shit, you know, like we're all fucking off, like you know, like all over the place, you know, but like, but we're all down and we should fucking do it, man. I don't know what it what it would take but it would be an expensive endeavor and a lot of travel like you would be traveling more than you would be places probably yeah like two days at each place and then each flight's gonna be two days you know like it's gonna be like a day to fly but yeah we were, we were talking about doing it with folks so like i feel like it's got to go down at some point you know sooner the fucking better because once this I don't know. Is the pandemic over? Is it kind of fizzling? Like, what's the deal? Like, it seems like once that's like super clear and people have budgets for travel. I mean, a lot of people took budgets away from travel for that. And so it's kind of tougher. But once that gets back to normal, maybe people will be able to expand on some ideas. I mean, the idea is there. We just like, yo, pick the towns. Right. How did you get into the burger business? Um, Well, we were trying to film this show called Skater Dime for, in one of the episodes we made burgers. And then my old friend uh, is the restaurateur. I posted a photo of it. He was like, hey, we should, I have a spot right next to my other restaurant that's, you know, empty, but it's full on turnkey restaurant, has everything we need. We should do the burgers there. And then I was like, well, that, that sounds crazy, but I've always wanted to open a restaurant, but this sounds like a layup because it's just burgers, you know? It's not like we don't need a thousand re- thousand ingredients. It's like meat, cheese, buns, onions, pickles, you know? So it kind of made sense, and then we fucking tested it, did it, tasted the burgers, and we went, we like sourced like the Snake River Farms meat and asked them if we could do, if they could supply us for, you know, if we do, if we kill it, we're gonna need this amount. They're like, yeah, we got you, you know, like it's so, the supply was there, so we fucking did it. And then first one was a hit. And who came up with the name? Uh, Eric Bragg actually came up with the name. We were going to, we were driving to Vegas, and I was like, "Yo, I have, I need a name in like a week." 
you know, we, we had already like started building this, the place out and getting all of our equipment stuff. And then we just didn't have a name yet, you know? And I'm like, okay, four hours to Vegas, we got this. And then, you know, a bunch of names are thrown out, you know? And then that one, he said that one, just, we, we, we were like exhausted. We did done it for two hours. We're like, oh, whatever. Okay. And then chilling and he was like, burger she wrote. Yeah. I was like, boom, that's it. And he was like, no, that one sucks. What about this one? And I was like, nah. And then we kept going for the rest of the trip. And then I was just, just like, I was just stuck on Burger She Wrote. I don't know why, but that's what happened. We went by there with uh, my wife and her parents. We went by there on the way to San Diego a month or two ago. I had, yeah. had a meal. Did you go to the new uh, one or the first one? I think the first one. The smaller one, right? Do they both have photo booths not working? That's the second one. Okay, that's all we went to. Yeah, that one's huge. The first one was like, it's like, the first one's like so small and like, you know, tiny little place, which is awesome. But photo is fixed, man, mm. by the way. This guy did his research. <laughs> well, I want to do a NorCal version named Screaming Bloody Burger. <laughs> Screaming Bloody Burger. What the fuck is that? Her burger was the case that they gave me. That was the second. I was, that was thinking the, of ones that could be. That was our second option. Oh, well, burger was the case. No way. So is that thing still going? Skate or dine? We're still, we have like four episodes. Cole, Cole wants us to do like six or seven episodes before we drop the first one. So we have like backup, you know, and we're, we got like a, huh. a couple more lined up with like uh, Atiba and Blake and stuff like that. And then we're supposed to do the Hawks, Tony Hawk and Riley Hawk. So after we get those two, then, oh. we, can, then we can probably like, we have enough to like do to start, you know? But he wants us to have like a little arsenal of them before we start because it's you know it takes a little while to do them all you know it takes a little bit to edit and shit. But. See if Tony Hawk can pull off the beer can chicken. <laughs> I know that's that's one of the things we're gonna do. We're gonna do For beer the can. bird man. Yeah, we could do make make maybe have him do that one. Me and Peastone did one for Thanksgiving, and he's just like, ah, oh, you got just, just, I got the whole thing. It's hilarious. This is the main thing, main ingredient. Beer. Take a rip first. Uh, I love chicken. So it's gonna come out on Thrasher. Yeah, supposedly. Like it's it's already been approved and everything, but we're just we're just like lagging on our side. But like, I think we're back to doing it. Who's your toughest opponent and killers? A killer. I'm gonna say Shimizu is really good. He's like very you know smart. <laughs> but Rowan Rowan's really uh -huh. good too. He he can fucking kill shit. And Cranny, I like playing with Cranny. Because he always goes, Killer! Killer! We're going to make a deck of cards with Thrasher called Killer Cards. Like, and just have the rules, come up with the rules, you know? Yeah. I thought you were doing that with Volume 4. I was going Did to. You never do just it? fucking, you know, too many ideas. Too many ideas. I know, dude. For <laughs> real, right? It's just like, woo, 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 and you're just, mm. what was the most uh, hijinks moment for fucking living with the Lizard King? Every second. <laughs> is, is he high production or mellow <laughs> he's very high strum dude he's like it was the best because you need that kind of energy you know if like if you're if you're if you're like chill mode he's always like you know and that kind of like levels out or gets you fucking pumped up you know he's very very mm. positive very uplifting and very fucking let's go get some shit you know like go get go skate go do whatever you know so it was, it was really good. Motivated. Yeah.
I've been kind of texting with him. I hadn't talked to him in a long time. It seems like he's he's reemerging also. I haven't seen him in a while. He's he's always been there. He just, you know, had a kid and just like, you know, low key. Is he in Salt Lake or is he back in LA? He's in LA. Okay. What was that wild shit that just happened last week or last weekend or a week or two ago? You were just with like it was like celebrity fucking craze or something. Like psycho like the festival? Was that it? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It was like we were just at this my this the, this uh, music festival called Psycho Las Vegas. A friend of mine throws it on, and like we went there to DJ me and Richie, which was awesome. The LS DJs, and then you know got to meet our heroes and shit, and hang out and just kick it, play chess with Jizza, which was sick. You played chess with Jizza. Yeah, I got fucked up too. And then then. Next day, like, played cards with Matt Pike until, like, 6 in the morning. Played three-card poker, which a game I don't even know how to play. But he was like, you're going to love it. And he was coming up, like, hundreds, and I was going down real quick. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I love poker, but I don't know three-card poker. I don't know what the fuck this lady's doing, you know. And he was just like, it's the best game. His yeah. stacks were just going like this, and then mine are going like this. And I was like, fuck, this sucks, but it's fun. I'm hanging out with Matt Pike. That was kind of like the deathmatch vibe too. Like when you're in Austin, you're just like with these dudes and you're like, what the fuck? Like that's the dude from fear right there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's crazy. One of the tough questions I ask a lot is, um, this is probably really hard for you, but um, it doesn't have to be the number one, but like what's one of the things that you've seen on a skateboard that you were there for that just, was one, you know, one of the ones that blew your mind, whether it was like Dolan trying to kick flip in at the car wash at 5 a.m. on fucking 400 beers or like somebody doing the loop or. That was one, definitely for sure. And it's good to hear all this love, you know? So much shit has gone down. I'm trying to think here. Can we come back to it? I'll think of it while we keep going. I don't know if we just pause, but let me. Yeah. Like what's something that like, um, without getting too sappy or whatever that like Jake kind of instilled in you that you like think about a lot and like this helped you out through fucking I, one of the things, maybe there's an easier way to say it. I, I think about Jake a lot because of obvious reasons, but um, in the pandemic, I would walk around and think a lot about like, what would that fucker be saying? How would he handle <laughs> this? And like, I mean, he lived, yeah, he lived like a life that no one I've ever met <clears throat> lived. You know what I mean? Like, he was a fucking fool. He's a genius, for one, but he's also like a psychopath, you know? And like, I don't know anybody else that's like that. I don't even know, like, if Charles Bukowski was like that or not. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, he was like a whole different level of human. And anybody that's ever met him knows that, you know? It's like, he knows what he's doing. You might think he doesn't know what he's doing, but he fucking knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know. It's it's, it's hard to pin. Oh God, look people in the eye. I fucking called him buddy one time. He was like, "Don't fucking call me buddy. I'm your friend." You know? And I was like, "Fuck." He just fucked me up. You know? Like, and I was like, you know. But you know, there's a lot of things that he said that you know I don't know like like you know when you shake somebody's hand fucking firm and look in the eye. That was one. We already knew that, but you know sometimes you forget. <laughs> but he would fucking make you remember. Mm -hmm. but there were so many fucking stories yeah. him, like you know just I don't know he just lived a different life dude like he was like a fucking different human like 100% I don't even know if there will be another person like him no one would fucking yeah. do the shit that he did not one person Dolan would you know what I mean I don't even know who to compare it to like you know like 
Dolan does shit out of shock value. This wasn't for anybody. He would be by himself doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I know. He would text me at five in the morning, like bombing Dolores or something like by himself. Like nobody's watching. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just what he was doing. It wasn't for shock value or anything. It was just for yeah. his value. Real shit. I still can't think of a trick that I've seen go down, but I mean, I, there's too many. How, how hands-on are you with the burger thing and all, and are you mostly at Supreme or like what's, what's going on? I'm at Supreme four days a week. And then I go to the burger spot every single day before and after work, during work, I go there at lunch and shit, you know, planning the events, you know, I have a GM that just handles the day-to-day stuff at Burger Road, but I'm, me and my other partners mm. are, are still there every day. Like, you know, like, okay, we need this, we need that. We need this party is going on. I'm like trying to be the event planner kind of person for the fucking, for the new one. Cause it's so big. Cause we can yeah. have events there and shit. You can have premieres and parties, whatever. So all that's going down and oh, then, right. you know, still trying to, there's a Baker video coming out tomorrow that, you know, we're fucking just dropping. I'm trying to watch it right now. It's where I'm like halfway through it, but, uh, film some stuff for that. No way. And then, you know, just still fucking, yeah, I don't know golfing when i can skating when i can yeah what's the deal with golfing how did have you golfed a long time i was like whoa i just started like eight months ago like i in the pandemic you know, there was nowhere you can go you know it's like okay skate and then what else can you do you know there's nowhere to go you know so we started fucking i started golf i've, I've golfed before but never like i'm still not serious but i'm like you know i never was never like oh that was fun let's go again tomorrow you know if i could golf every day i would but like you know I'm yeah like, but like it was just like you're outside, no one's around you, you know, and it's fucking nice outside. You got your friends, you know, and you're fucking just hitting a fucking ball. It's like playing pool, but like long range billiards, you know. <laughs> you got a crew that you do it consistently with? Yeah, there's a there's a good crew, like fucking, you know, like Ako and Atiba will go, Curtis Buchanan, and like uh. John Malto is like fucking like a professional golfer, by the way. Malto's good, right? He's fucking gnarly, yeah. There's a lot of dudes that like are really, really good. Like David, you know, Slash is really good too at golf. Riley's really good at golf. People, you know, oh. Richie's really good at golf. Like people, you know, I would be like, what the fuck? Richie shows up in like Woodstock attire and is like, just kills it. Like he's like in a fucking boots and a leather fucking, he's like got a leather vest on and he's just out there fucking killing it. That I didn't even know. Who's going to have the best parts in this Baker video? I've only like seen the, the first most part. Substantial. So it's like, it's like Figgy, Lyric, and Riley, but everybody just has, you know, sprinkled tricks in. But Figgy, you know, he's been in Texas just eating rails, eating those Texas rails up, you know. And then Riley's right. going out there to visit him, visit yeah. him, staying with him. And, you know, I haven't got to that part yet, but, yeah, these guys are still doing it. Is uh, anybody going to take out T-Funk for Sodi this year? That's my, that's my pick. <sighs> that guy moved to SF and went faster. Just for Ollie in the big bench at China Banks alone, he should win the award. But uh, then in this GX video where he did Mason Street, I'm like, okay, when, you just when is when is shitting all over when everything. is Skinner of the Year happening? I think it usually happens after Halloween. November, they start revving right? it up, and then like first first week of December is the party usually. T Funk for fucking shows up. That is a psycho. <laughs> Skateboarding's insane now. Like, there's a lot of people that are good that I've never heard of, and everybody that I have heard of turned it up. Like, it's just like right when you think we're maxed out, some new shit comes out, and you're like, "Holy shit!" 
Yeah. When is Louis Lopez turned fucking skater of the year? Also, that motherfucker has been should be skater of the decade or something. It's like every day he fucking yeah. rips. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, Dude, that cover he had was so sick. Like he's not even trying. He he hasn't even tried to go skip Sodi. I'm sure, but. Louis Lopez and uh, Evan Smith kind of just like every year are like, I don't know. Like, did they not try hard enough? They're just amazing. But like, it's like, no, nah, I don't, we'll give it to this I don't even think they're trying. You know what I mean? If they actually tried, it'd be fucked <laughs> yeah. probably. You know, they'd be like, well, clear, you know, like, but they should just fucking get some fucking some, some kind of award. Louis is the best, dude. I love that guy. Yeah, me too. He's so good. I've been getting these text messages from the good homie, Sammy Baca. He said he's going to do the podcast, but he only will do it in person. And he's got no time and no money to get out of Vegas. So I probably got to get out there and do what on location with Sammy. But what do I what do I need to jar out of him when I get when I do this? What do we need to hear from him? Shit, that's a tough question. He's here right now, actually. We should have did it together. Oh, really? He's in L.A.? Yeah, he's in L.A. He's like down the street. What? Where is he? Stay with Neck or something? No, at a friend's house, I think. I would ask him about the fucking Keith Ledger fucking party, what his take on it was, because <laughs> asked about the Hellrose day, Hell days and when he lived across the street at the Tower, uh, Sunset Tower Hotel. He would come to our house and grab a blanket and then go sleep on the roof of the Sunset Tower. If you see him today or in the next couple of days before he leaves, just say true or false, Schmitty struck you out in uh, Southern Oregon. Wow. That's something we need. To, that's something we need to hear about. Hey, how do you always become the dude that holds it down? Is that a little stress and pressure for you? It seems like you're the guy everyone turns to on the, especially like the skate rock trips, where it's just like, "Nuge is here, we got this." Like you're like the responsible one for the derelicts or something. I, I have no idea because I don't know. I think we all, everybody, could be fucking team captain. You know, every every single person could just run the shit. But like, I don't know. If someone gets hurt or like cut or something, I'm not like a see blood. I heard you saw blood and almost fainted when Phelps hit his head. Next face will never let me live that one down. Dude, it was pretty <laughs> gnarly to my defense. I mean, I bet. But I, I'm like the opposite where I'm like, okay, blood and stuff like that, like a broken limb. I, I like I like try to like help. I don't know why. I can just like I can take it. So I like I think I like to just like help, like like I'm a fucking doctor or something, but I don't know much. But I can, I've put some arms in and some shoulders in. I fucking fixed Aunt Boss's arm. His fucking elbow came out of his fucking thing, bone coming out, spurting blood, and I fucking yanked it in perfectly. By the way, they went to the uh-huh. hospital and never didn't have to get surgery or nothing. It was crazy. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, I could handle that situation, but I don't know. I don't know why I think I'm responsible. Maybe I am, but maybe just enough. When everyone's partying and you're the driver and stuff, is that like, is that fine for you or does that get annoying? Or like, how do you deal with like being the one that's like, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, that's a tough, it's a tough spot to like not be the hypocrite, you know? No, I love, I love driving for one. And like, uh, I think my way of doing it is like, if I'm, if I'm dri- if I'm riding in the van, I'll probably just fall asleep and not see anything that we just drove by. But if I'm driving, I can just see all the shit, all the scenery and shit, you know? And I fucking hate like people that don't know how to drive. But one time on a circuit trip or a circuit trip where it was a, con- a commerce trip, this dude was like driving. It was just like, you know, looking at his phone and like swerving and shit. I'm like, dude, fucking threw a shoe at his head. I was like, yo, get the fuck out of the seat. 
I'm fucking driving. Quietest five hour drive you ever done. This shit is serious. You know, you're fucking driving a van of like fucking 10 people. You know what I mean? Like, it's serious shit, you know? Yeah. So like, when I'm driving, I kind of like, you know, it's driving a van of people and all my friends and shit. It's like, I'm driving. I'm not gonna, I'm not fucking around. I'm not looking at shit. I'm just like driving, you know? And then once we get there, then it's on, <laughs> you know? Yeah, one of my favorite quotes was Dustin was telling me one time he was driving the crew and he's like, I got legends in the back of the van. I got Cardiel. I got these legends. I can't focus the crew, dude. <laughs> and the last thing you want to do is like focus the crew, you know? It's true. It's totally true. I know you got to get going. What um, song should we put on the fucking the digital jukebox Spotify and throw on? Fucking the next song from Freck's solo album. If you can get Fresh, that. Blueberry Pancake. The song is called Hassles. Hassles. Pittsburgh Powerhouse, bro. I miss you, dude. I haven't seen you in a long time. I know. Hopefully I'll get down that way. Gotta, we got to kick it. I got to come up there too soon. Visit, visit Frank and everybody. Oh, yeah. Do it, man. Me and Frank get coffee every once in a while at uh, Right by Deluxe. Sick. Love that guy. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking the time, dude. I appreciate it. We got we got it uh, out of the way. And now next stop yeah, is uh, Kevin Long or or Beagle. Dude, hell yeah. Get Baca in there. Baca is kind of my Bill Murray right now. He's like <laughs> the fucking, that's the top of the... <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> my favorite was I was interviewing him for that My War that he did on that rail, the no slide, you know? And we were we were at steamers and I was talking to him and he he gets kind of like, you know, he doesn't want to talk too much about himself, which is respectable. And uh, he is talking about like staying with neck face. He's like, dude, I was working out in the morning, you know, getting my shit going. And I was like, yeah, what kind of workout were you doing? He's like, nah, dude, I ain't fucking go. I ain't that guy, dude. I'm not talking about my push up routine, dog. <laughs> Classic vodka. Well, dude, let me know how that Baker video goes. It's coming out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, it'll be out tomorrow. So you let me know how it goes when you watch it. <laughs> Fuck yeah, news. Thanks so much, man. Oh yeah, thanks, Smitty. Thanks let's for having me. Try to get our past across in real life. Appreciate for sure. you. One hundred percent. Love you, brother. Love you too. Take care. Peace.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout-out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Keep the wheels greased.